Hi, it's Friday night and the party's here. Where you at? We're at the party with the Unscrewed Podcast. Wow, Ellie's drunk. Hey. Hi, people. I am not drunk. I have had <laughs> at least a glass of red wine. And it's Friday night and everything is good. So why wouldn't I be? <laughs> and I've been re-listening to a lot of like 90s five at the moment. Welcome to the Unscrewed Podcast, hey. by the way. This is where we celebrate five. I just want to say, Celebrate. you just said, uh, I've had at least one glass of red wine. Yeah. How many? Um, <laughs> My how many? Just told me how I many? I shouldn't share these feelings with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling really fucking sore. That's my thing today. As you know, I keep going like... Because <laughs> I went on this... Um, so we're in Manchester. Hey, Manchester. Welcome. And uh, I went to this thing called Inflatorland or something. What's it called? No, Inflate Nation. Inflate Nation. And yeah. It's, oh, it's like a, they call it an inflatable theme park. It's not on the scale of a theme park, though, is it? Well, it's got as many thrills and spills <laughs> and overpriced food. So. Don't get me wrong, when we went, we had a great time, but it, it's not a theme park. Well, it's fucking brilliant, whatever it was. Oh, I it's took, great. I took my uh, 12-year-old niece and we went... And I wasn't expecting anything spectacular or anything really. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But slides and obstacle courses and what was the th- Oh, the thing with the gladiator. That's what I'm saying. I think I've done my neck in. Yeah, gladiators. Like, it's like a podium, notes. an inflatable podium, which A, takes 15 minutes to get on and to stand up on. And then you're supposed to knock each other off, which you just move your feet and it knocks someone off. Yeah. Um, but I did. I fell off that, actually. And this is quite a funny thing. You're supposed to wear you know, the head guards. Yeah. That you see in the picture. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, you look a bit like the Handmaid's Tail. You know, like it's this big thing around your it's head. It's not, it's not really. <laughs> but I went on it and I, it kept falling off. So I was like, I'm fine. I don't need it. And then at one point I fell backward off this and played did they, thing. Did they like you do without the helmet? Well, no one stopped us. Oh God. But I did. I smacked my head and we were walking out and I said to my sister, I was like, okay, just to let you know, I did hit my head quite hard on the inflatable land. And I'm a bit concerned because it did knock me. She went, have you got a concussion? I was like, no, I don't think I've got a concussion. But if I die of a brain hemorrhage in the next two hours, I just want to make you aware that you can do whatever you want with my stuff. It's fine. Gavin can do whatever he wants with my body. That's my partner. Um, that sounds like weird. I know, but you know when like... No, my, my partner can do whatever he wants <laughs> with my body after I'm dead. Oh, you filthy bitch. No, that, that, but that sounds like slightly well, strange. Filthy people like you. Well, I watch stuff about serial killers and necrophiliacs all the time, so a bit weird. who's the weirdo in this? I watch stuff about necrophiliacs all the time. You watch just as many documentaries right. as I do on that, so Kel- don't even taint me with that brush. black, whatever that thing is. Um, yeah, so no, I've had a really. It's just been a really good. We've not. We've not. We, been, we've we not went. To, we went to that Inflate Nation okay. just after Christmas with uh, my husband Joe and Ali's family, and his dad Steve. Before we even got into the place, <laughs> yeah. Steve was like, um, "So, I might bounce for like five minutes, and then the cafe's over there, so I'll be in there probably having a coffee." Nope, the entire hour. <laughs> Loving it. It was the funniest thing. Amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant. I just Absolutely thought the overinflated cafe prices. Wait. Oh, God. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's quite good. But no, this is uh, an endorsement for Inflatonation. Yeah, so today I brought some stuff. I've been planned. 
Wow. I, wow. I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Listen. Ellie has papers. I've made, I've printed papers. A double-sided environment. Wow. Very thoughtful. Because I feel like paper is more easy to read from than like the screen. It feels more Definitely. organic, more well, natural. Uh, no, it's not organic. It just doesn't hurt your eyes as much as paper does. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so... Uh, is that it? Are we not going to chat anymore about our lives? Is that it today? We can if you want. What oh, do you want to talk I about? I don't know. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um... I'm just not very used to being organised. I think that's what it is. This is unseating me slightly. We've got fancy new microphones. Believe me, I'm really fucking nervous because I don't know what the fuck you've got planned. <laughs> well, basically, we've got this fancy and new... And it's not in my hands at all and I don't like it. Well, it's. I think it's because we've got this fancy... Right, we have this beautiful new setup. We Thanks. do. And it's these fancy microphones. We've got squibbly chairs. Yeah, we have new chairs, new mics. No. We even have a light box that says the Unscrewed Podcast. Yeah. We're official. I know, so I feel very organised, like... Yeah. And it is thanks to my husband. It, well, yeah. Well, it is. It was my birthday present. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pay for this shit. <laughs> he did. I was fine with my dusty sock over a microphone. Yeah, that give a shit. That fine. But, but thanks. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> Joe. That's really great. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I'm not used to feeling this organised. Oh, sorry. See? I'm not used to it. Um, we're normally... Ellie keeps swivelling in a chair. It's just so exciting. <laughs> she's got a new chair and she doesn't know what to do. I just can't... This is why... Is there a lock on this thing? Like a child lock? I'm, <laughs> like I a no swivel idea. lock? <laughs> you can put it on so you can't swivel around. I don't know, but I'll figure it out for next time we're doing Thank the podcast. You. Thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, another news as well. I did want to mention to you just quickly, off topic... But because of Big Brother, because we literally haven't been in the same space since this whole Big Brother thing. And three people who I have not known, like, to care about drag queens or anything, who right. I've had chats with but having a fag at work or whatever on break, right. have been like, do you know who Courtney Act is? Do you know who Courtney Act Like, oh my God, have you ever heard of RuPaul's Drag Race? Like, totally been obsessed with it. And I meant to tell you before, because Lisa is absolutely obsessed with Courtney Act. This is pre-Big Brother. But oh, yeah. it just made me think, I was meant to tell you that loads of people have become really aware of, like, drag. And, and... you were like, I knew them before, Big Brother! <laughs> I'm a seasoned professional. Like, like, like someone who's just got into a band after, like, three albums and it became popular. You're like, like, oh, you were have like, you heard of Keen? I knew them from the first album. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why Keen popped into my head. Who the fuck is Keen? Have you heard of Keen? <laughs> my sister did that once. Literally... If we were at a party and two years, it was like, she went, oh. Key whose appeal was, what, that there was like two of them or they, had, they were missing one band no, member. I don't know, he looked that like. that was why they became popular. He was the guy who looked like, like he'd been hit in the face with a spade, right? Like a hobbit. Oh, I don't know which one of those insults was worse. <laughs> well, but whatever. great music, Keen. If you're listening, <laughs> fucking. No, shit music, Keen. I ain't even lying. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, my sister did that once at a party. She was like, oh my God, have you heard this new song? It's great. And it was like, girl, you're the one. I want you to love me. Jason Drulo. Literally, this was last year. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, here's a new dad. She was like, yeah, it's this guy. Um, um, he's like, oh, something. He says his surname yeah, a lot in yeah, all these tracks. Yes, him. I'm like, oh yeah, he, he said it a couple of years ago as well. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to share that with you. So drag is getting out there because we are obsessed with drag race. If there's any other drag race fans out there, it's it's a great 
Great endorsement. <laughs> if you want to sponsor our podcast, RuPaul. <laughs> RuPaul. <laughs> Please endorse us. Yeah. Um, so cheers. Episode five. Five. Fuck, episode five. Yeah. It's come a long way from that balcony in Greece. <laughs> How many years ago? Oh, at least two. At least two. Yeah. Um, cool. So here we are in episode five. Um, and thanks to everyone who's listened, as we've said. And this week, we, I, we've both talked a bit about... We felt like the last few episodes we focused quite a lot on the alcoholic. Yeah. Didn't we? Like, more on, like, AA. Mm-hmm. More Most on, definitely. More the, the process of the addicts side of things. Yeah. And it's kind of not why we did this podcast. It's not. But it's interesting. It's like, it's one of the... It's just easy, because when you're researching stuff, it's what comes up. Yeah, because everything is... is... Everything is Tail to was like the yeah. addict. Yeah. So um thanks for sticking with us. So today we're gonna try and focus on Swing it back. Swing round it back to the to point. why we originally did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so that's why I kinda started researching a bit about what I'm looking at today. So Which I have no idea about. Um, which is what I'm anxious about. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like not being in control Fear of, the of things. Is this one of those things that um It's doc- a control thing, I like to know doc- everything. Doctor Nygaard, not Doctor Nygaard, what's her Who? name? Doctor Wotitz, our favourite. Yeah. Is this one of the things she talks about? The unknown. Probably. <laughs> okay. So yeah, today I wanted to talk a bit about um because we've been getting questionnaires and feedback and stuff writing in their stories, people sharing their experiences. And um I know from personal experience, you know from personal experience, mm-hmm. there's this, when you have an alcoholic in your life, or whatever your role is in their life, there is this definite feeling of what you can't do to change it and how you can't help it and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about like, it's about you, all you can do is help yourself. So we talked about self-care and looking after yourself, the six C's. Oh yeah. We've done that, flip back to episode one two one yeah um so i was kind of trying to do a bit of research about what that is and how else we could help ourselves as people who are in that situation so what i've what i found in my research is um boundaries okay so it's basically about boundaries and how we can create boundaries for ourselves yeah so i kind of went through a couple of different things so i'm going to share it with you um and boundaries are so this first bit about boundaries that I've got is about how most of us, when if you've been brought up in a safe, protective, normal, environmental household, we learn about boundaries for our parents. We learn about yeah. what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. For a lot of us who are listening, grown up with perhaps adult child of alcoholics, mm-hmm. who perhaps are with an alcoholic, we might not have experienced how to set those boundaries for ourselves. Yeah. So especially when it comes to things like... Um, asking for what you want or saying no or saying yes to something so kind of always thinking that if you say no to someone it will mean that their love is taken away right or it'll mean yeah. that yeah, yeah yeah so there's always this risk of because if you grow up particularly with volatile parents or any sort of I don't know any sort of experience like that where if what you ask for is like you're being selfish or whatever it is you're f- afraid that if you ask for what you want or if you are told no I don't want to do that that someone will make you feel guilty for it or yeah. bad about it or whatever mm-hmm. so it's kind of about saying yes and saying no mm-hmm. so boundaries okay 
this is a boundary. <laughs> it's a line in a piece of sand that could go as long <laughs> or as invisible as you want. Um, so, yeah, so this bit of information I got here is from, um, I think it was from Psychology Today, something like one of those oh. hardcore broadsheets. Wow. Um, and these are the kind of situations where you could your boundaries could be challenged or questioned. So the first one is verbal violations. So, for example, if that allow means that you're not allowed to speak or be heard, if you can't raise your voice or if someone raises their voice at you or screams at you, mm-hmm. if you they say things that are derogatory or inflammatory about you, so they right. insult you or insult your integrity or your character, or they gossip about you. Okay. So that's one of the first experiences of where your boundaries will be tested. Right. Is verbally. Okay. So you might experience that on a day-to-day, so yeah, if you're with someone who, especially if they're intoxicated or yes. if they're under the influence, we talked about, we've made the piss jokes about oh yeah, slut, slag, yeah. sod. <laughs> oh, yeah, lump of grass. Yeah. yeah. So they're yeah. the first sort of violations you might experience where mm-hmm. you don't know how to draw boundaries around yeah. to protect yourself. So the next one is psychological and emotional boundaries. So this includes preying on your sense of self or your sense of self-esteem. Okay. So it's using what you've told them in confidence. Yeah. They will then go and use it about you. Yeah. Um, So they lie to you or they criticise you, demean you, judge you, manipulate you. They make fun of you, make fun of your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, or try to make you feel guilty or responsible for them or a situation they can make demands on you, your time, your energy. They shame you. They embarrass you. They bully you. Assure you that their thoughts and beliefs are superior or more important than yours. Okay. Would you say that's something you can relate to? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I will add in there, though, that the whole guilt thing, that isn't always necessarily put on you by the alcoholic or the addict because once you've dealt with it for so long, you will instill and and think yes. that someone is making you feel guilty, mm-hmm. and when actually you're putting that on yourself, and yes. it's not the other person putting it on 100%. you. hundred percent. Yeah, and that's about so that's perfect in the sense of if you would have had the tools to give yourself a protection or a boundary against yeah. that initially, then you would be able to say that's not me, that's you. Yeah. But what we're saying is often we don't have that. Mm-hmm. in these situations um, and then the last one is physical okay so you can imagine the physical violation so that's can be not just um, not just damaging or destroying yourself or your personal property but it could be things like your personal space yeah or touching you without permission or being inappropriate mm-hmm. too familiar especially sexually um, touching or handling things that belong to you mm-hmm. Um, damaging things that belong to you, violating your privacy, so like going on your phone, yeah. your emails, things like that, social media, um, and then obviously threatening you with like physical harm or yeah. um, carrying out physical violence against you. Uh-huh. So that's the sort of three. So there's verbal, psychological, emotional, and then physical. Yeah. So they're all these sort of, they're the three sort of broad categories about where we can recognize ourselves or particularly and I feel like for addicts if you live with an addict or you care for an addict or that they're kind of you will be probably sat within one of those states 
If not all of them. If not all of them. Or two of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So um, just like kind of what you know, what we all know, but mm-hmm. it's like good just to sort of outline them. So uh, yeah, so this is kind of about today about like trying to think of how we can create boundaries for ourselves to protect yeah. ourselves against these violations. Okay. So I have, um, I know um, a couple who are in their 60s who have a child who's in her 40s who is the alcoholic. And they especially, they experience, I know, all of those violations and they particularly struggle. So it's, it can work for any of these levels of trying to establish boundaries. It's never too late. It's never too, just because you've carried on doing these same things for years and years, 20 years, 30 years, you can still make these boundaries for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So the first thing that psychology today recommends... psychology today! um, Is you have to know thyself. Know thyself. Know thyself. So it says get to know... Sounds like something from the Bible. Oh, it's the Bible of psychology. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So um, this is so wanky, but it's like, get to know yourself as Wanky. I know. Wanky. Wank yourself as much as you can. No, get to know yourself as much as you can. (laughs) So straight off the bat, you're like, oh, fuck this. No. But it's what they recommend is you just have to basically, what it means is to learn. I, th- I think what it means is to learn what is really important to you. Okay. Having a little top up there, Lise. Yes, I am. Getting to learn what's important to her, red wine. So um, basically, just becoming familiar with what matters to you, what is important to you, how you want to feel, how you want to live, what you're happy with. So for some people, being in a physical relationship, you know, abusive relationship, yeah, they might be fine with that. They might be happy with that. I'm not going to judge. So it's basically about... Well, we're not here to judge. Yeah, exactly. So it's about, it's your choice. You choose for you, just you, on your own, what you're happy with, what is what you want, what is important or significant to you. Okay. And also... um, and the better you, it says, the better you know yourself, the better you're able to understand and choose significant others that mirror the kind of life or experience you want to have. So right. the more honest you are with yourself about what you want and what you expect and what you need, the more suitable a person you are. I need to read psychology today. I know, right? It's great. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what is a boundary and where they can be crossed. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I've started. And then I went, do you know what happens when you get into fucking YouTube and you go into a hole? I know what happens when you get into Wikipedia and you go into a hole. Yeah. Because then you're like, you're no way near where you fucking started. Mm -hmm. So I did that. You're reading about the Sopranos and you end up on actual, like, hitmen of the past. (laughs) Yeah. So um, many hours down the line, you're, and like, then you're what the literally fuck am looking I doing? at someone's family tree from yeah. like 1927. Yeah. 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 So I did this the other day when I was like looking at things about boundaries and guilt. I went through like YouTube, then I went through videos, then I went onto TED Talks. Oh, I was right. like, just got sucked into this world. So I wanted to pick up a couple of points. So this is one of my favorites. So if you've not listened to a TED Talk before, I really recommend it. It's basically mm. talks by professionals. Um, or experienced life experience coaches, anything who... Yeah, they're great. Yeah, who have a speciality in a subject or an area yeah. of research or whatever it is. And they can, like, be mini, just get a brew and a biscuit and sit down and have, like, 15 minutes. And it's just, like, little nuggets of gold. Mm-hmm. So I found this really good one, um, which set me off on a whole other loophole. Yeah, so I found this woman, and um, I just want to show you a little clip of her, because, A, her voice... Yeah. Well, let's just listen to it and you can... Does she sing? 
<laughs> How did you know? You've been looking at my notes. Um, okay, so just have a listen to this. This is Good Boundaries Free You by Sari Gilman. So just, I want you to hear her voice because it's, okay. it's beautiful. And this is on YouTube, yeah? This is on YouTube, yeah. Okay. Everyone is in the middle of a life story. And your story is being shaped by what you are saying yes to and what you are saying no to. Your yeses and nos are what boundaries are made of. So what are boundaries? How do we build them? How do we heal when our boundaries are violated? And how do we push through boundaries? These questions have been the center of my life and my work. When I was a little kid, and my world was just my family, I was pretty sure we were the only ones struggling with those questions. And then I grew up, and I became a family therapist. And I saw lots of people struggling with these questions. And when I took a detour and ran nonprofits, I saw communities and leaders struggling with these questions. So now I teach workshops and wrote a book to help people answer these questions. And as people answer these questions and learn more about their boundaries, I've watched hundreds of people make the journey from being overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed out to people who trust themselves and are decisive and are committed to healthy relationships. I'm going to share some stories and some tools that you can use to strengthen your boundaries. Let's begin with the most essential boundary tool that everyone has. Take a moment and visualize a compass in your hand. It looks just like this. It has two words on it, yes and no. Okay, so here is this broad. <laughs> so. Sari Gildman is, she's essentially a, um, let me just hang on. She's like a life coach. No, she's a family therapist. So, okay. Sari Gildman, she's a family therapist uh -huh. and she, she ran a non-for-profit charity for, um, like 10 years now. It's been running for 25 years, okay. protecting children who are abused. Right. So she, and she worked with parents and addicts, especially. So this talk looks in boundaries, how we set boundaries, what the fuck are boundaries, how it's difficult. And she does mention about specifically how difficult it is with living with addicts. Uh, okay. And she gives some really good, just basic. And then she does loads of stuff off this. You can read about her. So she's got a book. She's got a series. She's got, she's done loads of interviews. You can find so much, but... Wow, feeling really bad for mocking her accent. <laughs> but no, just <laughs> what it was, was she works with like kids who are abused no wonder she sounds like she's on, like, fucking, like, 25 <laughs> before. She is literally, she's, like, the most chilled-out woman ever. I just found it really fascinating that her voice, she's so chill. Yeah. Like, she sounds... Okay. But she goes on... Anyway, so I just I want to share that little bit with you. It's only 15 minutes long, but it's just a little nugget of... Okay, really so that's lovely. on YouTube called Good Boundaries Free You... And it's Sari Gilman. Yes, yeah, so it's TED a Talks. TED Talk. So a TED is like TED Talk. So there's hundreds and hundreds of them. But yeah. They're totally free. Get them. You can get apps for them. You can download them, listen to your phone when you're traveling, whatever. But they're just, sometimes they're just nice little insights. Into yeah, it. yeah. So, um, yeah. So she talked about that. And then 
I did a bit of digging around about how we make boundaries for ourselves. So from mm-hmm. this, some of the research I found was, um, it's a website called Lifehack, which um, some of you might have heard of. If not, it's this kind of topical debate on anything you can possibly think okay. of. How to cook your cat. Is that morally wrong? <laughs> Whatever, you can find it on there. So this is, um, yeah, basically about boundaries. How to draw the line. Uh, when you've no idea where to put the line. So okay. I found some of this. So I want to use you as oh. a little exercise. Good. Oh, God. Good. This is like role playing and like a team yes. building oh thing God, at work that you all loathe and don't want to do. Yes. You have to wear a name badge. That's me. My name is... And speak to Jeff. Jeff, yeah. who works in IT, Jeff you can't give a shit about. And Linda. Yeah. I feel like I'd be working, I'd be a Linda. Oh. He always has a baked potato for a lunch every Hi, day. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Elisa. How are you doing? My name's Linda. Oh, Welcome off, to Linda. the... So we're just going to bank <laughs> that for later. We're not going to... No judgments here. We're just going to set that aside. So this is Welcome to Your First Step in Setting Boundaries. I love this person. This is great. I feel like Jill from Nighty Night. So, um, so the first thing it says is we need to make an appointment with yourself. <laughs> oh, God. So I felt your asshole literally clench and almost turn You need to make an appointment with yourself. You need to make an appointment with yourself. That is what it says. Okay. Then it says, make yourself comfortable. Get a good chair. chair. This sounds like it's leading into something pornographic. I'm not going to lie. Your brain is fucking awesome. What is this? What do you mean this is my advice session? You need to make an appointment with yourself. Make yourself comfortable. What's the next one? Is what I want to know. With a notebook. Yeah, you're not going to use a fucking notebook, are you? <laughs> All right. So it's saying just a lot, a little bit of time where it's just you. Get yourself on your fucking pajamas, whatever. Get a notebook, iPad, whatever you want to endorse, whatever. And it says, um, we're going to brainstorm. We can't say brainstorm. Because HR Linda would say that's actually very offensive to a lot of people to say brainstorm. It's not PC anymore, is it? You have to say... That's thought, not PC anymore. Shower. Oh, well, we still use that. Do you? Yeah, brainstorming. The old NHS, up to date. You're not allowed to use that no Apparently more. Apparently it's um, offensive to people with learning difficulties. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't genuinely <laughs> did not know that. It's called a thought shower. Now. Maybe I should inform the NHS. <laughs> There's all sorts going on. Nepotism. Oh. <laughs> brainstorming. So much. Um, so yeah, we're going to basically, it says we're going to create a map that allows you to confidently respond to boundary conflicts. So when someone conflicts against one of those boundaries, such as physical, psychological, emotional, okay. verbal, whatever, you've got, you're relaxed and you're able to handle it, recognise it and deal with it. That's basically what you're going to do. Right. So... Do I need a notepad now to brainstorm? No. Okay. What Just I'm, checking. So what I thought I'd do is I'm going to ask you a question about okay. a time in your life. And you're going to tell me about this situation. And then we're going to go through this questionnaire and we're going to work out how we could draw these boundaries. Wow. Okay. I'm scared. <laughs> but go on. So tell me about that time in your life when you... um. What happened to Linda? <laughs> oh, sorry. Shit. <laughs> So Lisa, <laughs> tell me about that time in your life. So what I thought was, if you could give me an example mm-hmm. of um, a time when you felt, I don't know, like let's say like an, I don't know, 
let me think of a word to phrase. I don't know, like we want like an argument or something where you felt like completely out of power, like your mum had all the power or like um, a time when she really insulted you in public or a time when... I mean, there's hundreds, so I'm yeah. like trying to so like pick, cherry pick, pick Cherry something. pick the favourite. <laughs> so anyone we can use just as an exercise of a time when you felt like you had lost your sense of boundaries. So whether that's the time she threw a stool at you or whether that's the time when... I don't know if that happened. <clears throat> right, okay. Oh, do I have to reveal my card? Do I have to tell you? <laughs> yes, Lisa, only if you're comfortable with that. <laughs> okay, Linda. I'm not going to make you do anything you're not comfortable with. I just want to clarify. Yes, you go ahead, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this is all confidential and you start your HR file, it's fine. I'm unsure because you're And like, everyone who's listening. I'm unsure because you literally because you're talking about boundaries. Mm. And obviously I had a lot of... Um, this sort of stuff going on because it was when I was quite young mm-hmm. but not good, good. not young enough to realise that's fine what that's boundaries fine. were it's going to apply to you You're young out there it's so unnerving <laughs> seriously Linda will go quiet now no but like now you're explaining boundaries to me now as an adult I'm like oh yeah totally yeah I understand that yeah 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 but when I was 11 no so the one thing that's sticking out in my head happened when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I pushed back against that and I don't know if that's what you want. Well, let's just hear the situation and then let's look at the different boundaries that were exploited or explored and how we can benefit and oh, make change right, okay. of Okay, so... All right. So I was like 15 and... Good, let's explore that. <laughs> My God, I love Linda. Um, yeah, charged by the hour. Well, you can flip right off then, <laughs> Linda, because I ain't paying you shit. It's twelve p, twelve p. Anyway, so I was like fifteen. So I was living with my mum and her boyfriend of the time, my stepdad, um, and I was in bed and got woken up at like three a.m., two a.m., whatever. With them two coming back in from a night out, arguing, can hear smashing plates, things being generally thrown about the house, and it, it, it's not a great environment. Um, Good, let's I had that. a uh, exam the following morning, so I went trudled off downstairs because I was quite used to to these sorts of outbursts um, at home. So I went downstairs and I was like, right, okay, right. Really sorry, I have an exam tomorrow. If you can please just like be quiet, shut up a little bit, you know, you know, I've got to be up in a few hours. That would be great. Thanks. Cheers. They also had like uh, one friend there as well. So I went back upstairs, back to bed, try and go to sleep. And then the next thing, it's getting louder, loud, like arguing louder throwing things this that and the other so I then went again back downstairs and then it was there'd been a fist fight down there my mum saying he hit me and then him saying oh no she hit me she threw this at me and and I'm like right I don't care who threw what I'm, 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 I'm not bothered I have to be up in the morning to set an exam 
please shut up. Went back upstairs. And again, carried on. Went downstairs again. And then um, it all it ended up becoming... They're both drunk, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the... Both of them are both drunk, yeah. yes. Not arguing over lasagna and nothing there. No. Both drunk. Maybe they were arguing over lasagna. I'm betting it was because they were both pissed. Right, yeah. Could have been a lasagna. Probably not. Went back down the stairs, still rowing, and then um, it ended up being a physical fight, which resulted in me moving out of the home. That was when I moved out. So there you go. There's your example, Linda. Thank you. What's Thank next? You, Lisa. That's very What's uh, next? Generous of you. So, um, this is kind of an outlay of what you could do to help yourself with your boundaries. And if there's anything we could do to make it better, maybe you already had it nailed on the head. Linda's on gone, I'm guessing, at this point. Oh, no, sorry. I can carry on. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's I fine. Actually, I feel like I'm going to talk to her at like three in the morning. <laughs> like, welcome to Linda's Jazz FM. <laughs> okay, so, um, so you've got these situations. This is what you're living with, for example. These mm-hmm. scenarios, it's whatever. Maybe you're the person in the fight. Maybe you're the person, the child upstairs. Maybe you're the person who's listening to them as the friend who's coming to tell you. Yeah. So these are some of the key things that they're saying. You should sit down with your brainstorm or watch hour, as we say, and make this list for yourself to help yourself. So the first thing is to think of is kind of what we said before is like, what are the most important values to you? That's it. Right. So what is the most important thing? So... Just basically the core of what you want, what you expect, and what you need yeah. from other people. So mm-hmm. in your situation, for example, what do you think for you would have been like the core thing of like what you wanted? Well, what I needed. you needed at that time, what was it? At that time of being 15. Yeah. Living with two drunks. So take away the living just think for you at 15 what was your core what did you want more than anything what was somebody, your core value somebody that would listen to me Got who knew what was going on at home however mm. not many people knew what was going on at home good so that's quite difficult no but that's you don't need to no judgement or just simplify it to what do I need what do I want I want to be acknowledged respected my values are I want to be able to speak to someone, I want to be respected, whatever. Well, it's not even respected. I want I, More than anything, I want somebody to take me out of that situation, but nobody knew how bad that situation was because nobody else was living it other yeah. than me. But just as a core, as a starter, that's what you've got. Yeah. You know. And then, so what are my most important priorities is the second thing. So what are your priorities in life at that point in your life? What am I... At, at that point, yeah, yeah, being we're, 15. We're being Linda in the room now, 15. Yeah. Well, my priorities in that life, at, at that time in my life, was to get good grades. Your two exams, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess to <clears throat> make sure that nobody else knew what was happening at mm-hmm. home and also to take care of my mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They so were my priorities. I didn't have any of us. What you want, what your core values are, what you need, then what your priorities are. So whatever they are, you think of them. At that time, that was, yeah. that was, I didn't really have anything else, so. Good. And then the next one is, what is non-negotiable for me? 
So non-negotiable could be related to values or conditions in your life, like your health, your family time, your diet, if, whatever it is. So what is non-negotiable? Like I like, so I know when you were 15, you were dancing. So like, what is non-negotiable? I want to be in a situation where I am allowed to go to my dance classes. I wasn't dancing anymore at that oh, point. Sorry. It's all right. I didn't mean to bring up that horrible memory. I was diagnosed with uh, Osgood Slatter's disease, so I could no longer dance. <laughs> okay, so what was like non-negotiable? So your exams were non-negotiable. Going to school was non-negotiable. Seeing your dad was non-negotiable. I don't know, what was it? Being with your friends. What was non-negotiable? So you work out what is non-negotiable to you. So like, what is it? I'm not going to give up, no matter what. Um, well, obviously, like, school and exams was non-negotiable. But at the same time, I was 15 and I didn't have any boundaries set at home, so I could pretty much do whatever the hell I fucking wanted. So if I didn't want to go to school one day and I wanted to spend it with my boyfriend at the time, Mm -hmm. who was older and didn't go to school, then I would have done. So are you saying... because I'm yeah. talking about my... Because obviously I'm 33 now, and at the time that we're talking about, I was 15. So what was non-negotiable for you at 15? Um, Probably exams, because that was quite important. And and hanging out with friends was probably... And my boyfriend was Your the main list of my... my Basically, being as far away from the house as I as I could for the longest period Good. of time that I could be. Yeah. yeah. Good. So that's what was non-negotiable for you. So you yeah. know, whatever happens, you cannot lock me in this house. That is a no-go. But that's pretty easy with an alcoholic parent, because they don't know yeah. where the fuck you are most of the time. But take that away and just think, like, more basic, what is non-negotiable? So it might be, uh, for you at the time, it's like, I have to go to school, I want to do my exams, I need to be able to see my friends, I need to be able to see my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that could be anything. So, like, I, what's non-negotiable is I can't be, like, for work. It could transfer, like, if you were yeah. 10 years in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, being 15, that was, that, yeah. that was what my priority So, you're yeah. looking at what's important to you, what's your priority, what is non-negotiable, and then you say, what can I be flexible about? So, this is kind of thinking, like, if your, your life at the moment is affected, what could you be flexible about? So, when you're 15... When I was 15, what could I be flexible about? Yeah. To benefit who? Like, this is what... You. To benefit me? Yeah. Like, would you be flexible about your exams? Yeah, to benefit me at 15. Yeah. But I thought they were non-negotiable. At times. But when you grow up in an... uh... So would it be... An erratic environment, then that changes. So would it be non-negotiable to say you weren't allowed to, I don't know, speak to your dad every day or something, or...? I didn't always speak to my dad at that time, know. though. So it's know. not really... It's an exercise, we're trying it. Well, you're asking me questions and I'm trying to answer them as yeah. honestly as I can. So if be- you can't... Thinking back to a 15-year-old mind. Yeah, so that could be things that, like... So non-negotiable is, for example, I have to go to work, I have to go to school. What yeah. could you be flexible about is like, okay, well, I don't, perhaps I don't have to spend all of my time after school with my boyfriend. Or it could be, I don't have to spend all of my time after school or after work with my work colleagues. I could be flexible about I think that though, me being 15, non-negotiable for me was not being in the house. So anything that would take me outside of not being in that house is... is is great. I want to do those things, so I don't have to be there. 
So anything that I could be flexible on would, again, benefit me not being in that house. Cool. Got it. So it's anything outside of that home environment. So, but, okay, good, yeah. What we want to look at now, we're going to address in your story. Okay. What are my most important priorities? What is non-negotiable for me? What can I be somewhat flexible about? What can I always be flexible about? And how do I typically handle trade-offs? Trade-offs? So we're going to explore that. So Lisa. Yes. 15, just outline for me. What are your most important values? Uh, Not being at my house. Good, we'll go with that, not being at your house. Yes. What are your most important priorities? Not being at my house. Okay, good. So, same thing. (laughs) No, genuinely, not being at my house. (laughs) What's not negotiable? (laughs) Being at my house. Good, good. Um, What can I be a little bit flexible about? Um, Being at your house when your mum's not drinking? But that's not ever, like, the case. (laughs) Good. Being 15. What can you always be flexible about? What can I always be flexible about? These examples aren't working. My theory didn't work out very well. So sorry about that, Linda. (laughs) You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) So it's basically looking at when you're setting boundaries, these are the questions you ask yourself. Yes. So what is important to you? What is your priority? So say, for example, if it was now and you're your adult All right, okay. life and you're your 30-year-old self, it's I, like... I, I wish I was 30. Yeah. 30 something. <clears throat> 35. Three. three. Plus it, sorry. Five? All right. Bitch. I'm sorry. Just today you're looking particularly beautiful. Um, <laughs> what? So I look two years older than I actually am? <laughs> You've just grown into this beautiful woman. It's beautiful older woman. The so Botox has clearly wore off. So like now, if you were to say what are your most important values right now? My most important values now? Yeah, right now. Um, family. Like, with, uh, and when I say family, I mean like my immediate family, my husband, my son. That That is my utmost everything. And then the podcast. Is that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. The podcast is next in line. Okay, so what are your most important priorities? Making sure that my son doesn't grow up in a household that I did. Yeah, making sure your son goes to school. Everything. He has a, a normal upbringing, or what I perceive should have been a normal upbringing. Mm-hmm. Going to work? Yeah, oh yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, make each other's food on the table, yes. that kind of, their important priorities. Yeah. So what's non-negotiable for you? Like, what situation is like, no, I am doing that, there's nothing that will get in the way of it? I think anything to do with my child. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know if this is, like, the correct answer or... A, an incorrect answer there's no correct answer to you fuck off Linda <laughs> in terms of like for instance my mum now sees my my son and she didn't for for many well for, for most of his life he's only four 
Um, and whilst I was pregnant, she wasn't involved. And when he was born, she wasn't involved. Da, 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 da. Um, so what is non-negotiable for me is that my son will never know my mum as an alcoholic. Got it. Good. So yeah. he, he doesn't know. He's too young to know that she was absent from his life until very, very recently. He's only now just knowing who she is and remembering her name. That's that side yeah. of it. And if there comes a point where she starts drinking again, um, he will have nothing to do with her cool. whatsoever. So that the is most important, non-negotiable. Yeah. So the most important thing to you is your family. What's the most important priority is your son. What's non-negotiable is um, bending on anything about your son's safety. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And then the next one is, what can I be somewhat flexible about? So in your life and your day to day, what could so if there's something that came up that was disruptive to your life or your schedule, what could you negotiate on? I need sort of a like would it be so it says here like um so like your schedule so could okay so I could change my working day for example from if I only work one day a week or three days a week I could change perhaps that if or, it revolves around my child then. Yes, yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm flexible on anything to do with my son. So yeah. whether it interrupts You're flexible work or... on the podcast as well? Like we can change the times of the podcast to yeah. suit... Yeah, yeah, Because that's outside of my... Priorities. Child. Priorities. It's outside of my like family priorities, yeah. So, because when we record the podcast, my child mm. is in bed asleep. So it yeah. doesn't impact on that side of things. And so, what yeah. can you always be flexible about? What stuff that you're not too bothered in your life that you could change at any time? Um, what I'm having for my tea. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usual sort of things. Should I have a coffee or a tea? Yeah. Or a green tea? Good. Um, I don't know. Like, seriously, what can I be most flexible about? Yeah, like the podcast. Um, yeah, on the grand scheme of things, yeah. What you eat, your diet, maybe? Like, just basic things that... Well, nothing that's too important to me. There you go. I guess. And then, typically, how do you handle trade-offs? So trade-offs are... Um, for example, sacri- like sacrifices or compromises. So how do you handle compromise? How do- and how does that make you feel? So are you compromising on more than what you... Are you compromising on something that's like a non-negotiable or a priority? Or like, how do you handle that? Do you say, okay, well, I will not come to work to take you to the doctor. Say if it was your mum. I could take you to the doctor. I could take the day off work on a Thursday. Well, it depends on what the compromise is. Like what... Yeah, what it involves. So how it's basically asking this is saying like how do you handle it? Are you going to feel resentful towards, for example, specifically this is about if you have an alcoholic in your life, and if they say I need you to take me to the doctor on a Wednesday because I can't drive anymore because I've lost my license, would I be like okay? So how do I? Am I going to feel resentful or am I going to be like so just questioning whether right? Okay, realistically speaking, I would probably harbour resent. Mm. however I would do that because I have done that 
Yeah. And I will probably continue to do that because that's my pattern. Yeah. So. So again, it's thinking like, okay, so I am flexible on work or I'm not. So if you weren't, it's about, it's just basically about going, no, actually I'm not flexible there. I would prefer not to be flexible on work. Yeah. However, (laughs) history. Right. Would, would say. Yeah. That, that I am. I'd like to think that I'm not, but many times that has taken precedent over yeah. my job, yes. And that's exactly what this is trying to say, is this list, when you make this list for yourself, mm-hmm. it's about when you've got, say if work was your like most important value, so yeah. say, say like you're saying your child is your most important value, yes. if you knew that supporting that alcoholic mm-hmm. was going to make you bend that important priority, yeah, you would learn to go, you would look at your priority list and say, no. I know that that is going against it. So in the moment, you've made that you've made that thing for yourself to know that that's important. You've written it down. You've established it for yourself. Mm. So when it comes to that moment of, can you take me to the shop? Can you take me to the doctor? Can you pick me up? I'm in a bar in the middle of nowhere. But it means you're going to miss your kid's show. For example, you would say that teaches you and gives you the boundary to know that that's a no for you. Right. But if it was just, I'm going to get my nails done today, something I could be flexible on, say. Can can I just interrupt you for a second? So Yes, go ahead, yes. Oh, thank you, Linda. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. So, this, this, these questions that you've just asked me now mm-hmm. about boundaries and, and, and whatnot, they've come from where? Just, re, just remind me. This what is, are they from? This is from um, a therapist. And it's from a website called, I said it before and I've forgotten off the top of my head. This is from a therapist who wrote this on Lifehack. Right. Psychologist, yeah. So, is, uh, is, is this therapist saying that if you write these things down, mm-hmm. brainstorm, mm-hmm. although technically shower, you can't say it anymore. Yes, thank you. But um, thought shower it down on paper which doesn't have the same ring to it I, I might add then then that's gonna change mm-hmm. your what what you would have done had you not have written that down I think yeah what she's saying is sometimes when you're in the midst of caring for an alcoholic living for someone else putting someone right. else's priorities first okay you often lose sight of what it is that is a yes or a no answer for yourself. So what we're talking about is like how you say yes or how you're able to say no to something. Okay. So it's just, and it is, it sounds really simple, but that's because it is really simple. So you're just structuring for yourself what you know to be things that you are definitely set on, your values. You won't compromise Mm. what you will compromise on. Okay. So when it comes to that situation of... Because what happens is in those moments, you know, when you have an alcoholic mm. who's like, I need Do you. I know? Do I? I'm not sure. <laughs> but if they're like, can you lend me five grand to go to rehab? This mm-hmm. time I'm going to definitely do it. Yeah. That's a very difficult boundary for you, right? Imagine. Uh, yeah. You've been in that situation, right? I don't need to imagine. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure listeners have been in that situation where you go, fuck, I obviously don't want to say no. Yeah. But realistically mm-hmm. that goes against everything you know so it's can, about can i just ask a little yeah. because because you did this research and so i don't know 
anything about what what you've brought up yeah. uh, on tonight's episode and and the people you've brought up. So so this uh, person who um, yeah suggested this mm-hmm. on this website mm-hmm. is she uh, has she dealt with somebody who's an alcoholic or an addict or a, yeah or... specifically she's a life coach that deals with that I've got her name no I mean like in like in her personal life not in her professional life oh I don't know about that oh right okay so but this that is that was what was going yeah on. this is specifically I don't know her name right where I've taken this from is someone called Cheryl Richardson okay because because so. what I'm going to say to you now is that um I'm not say, I'm not disputing that that what um this woman says will work for you or will will not work for you in terms of what is it thought storming or brain storming or thought thinking or whatever it's about it how is. you set boundaries that thing that but we can't say brainstorming so mm-hmm. the other the other but the, you the keep other saying it so I will keep saying it <laughs> I'm not gonna not keep saying it um is that Obviously, I grew up with an alcoholic and I lived with it for many, many, many years. And it's only been fairly recently that my my mum has been sober, like not even a year as of yet. Coming up to a year, but but not yet. So I genuinely don't think that if, if I had a notepad and I did a, what is it called? A thought... I don't, I don't want to say brainstorm because you tell me I can't say it. Thought, thought shower. shower. Yeah. If I'd have put down a thought shower, not as a child, as an adult, and put what, you know, these boundaries are that, that I would like to have, I don't think that that would have made any difference. Mainly because I've been quite lenient in terms of my family life and my child. Mm-hmm. And there's been many times since since my son's been alive that my mum has gotten sober for a few weeks, maybe even a month at the very most. And me and my husband have like fought over whether she should be allowed to see him or not. And I've been quite adamant over it. Well, if she drinks again, no, she's not. She's not seeing my son. That's it's not happening. And I've relented because then she's got sober again and I've wanted my son to see hmm. his grandma and I've wanted to be, you know, to be for there to be some sort of relationship there mm-hmm. and also for a relationship, not just between my son and his grandma, but for me and her to have mm-hmm. a relationship. Um, And I can honestly say now... I don't think that if I'd have written that down on a piece of paper, it would have made a blind bit of difference. Yeah, I agree. But also, you didn't write down a piece of paper, but what you did say was that you made a choice that when your mum was drunk, mm-hmm. you would not allow your son to see him. But she has seen him when she's been drunk. But you said that... I thought you hadn't allowed him to see her in those periods. Unbeknowing to me, yeah, she was drunk. Exactly, but on your premise... But you there's had... been plenty of times where I've said, I don't care if she gets sober now, she will never see my son again. Right. And then she's got sober again, so and I've relented. Yeah. But your, so your values have changed, 
but the core value for you was about her being drunk and him I think the core value for you is you didn't want him to go through what you went through no no obviously I don't want my son to go through what I went yeah, through yeah exactly so you were trying to protect but him I don't think that the boundary issue and if me writing down on a piece of paper, I don't think that would have made any difference. I mean, just from my experience, I don't think that would have made any difference to any of the choices that I've made thus far in my son's life. Well, how about this? And I, I chuck you a challenge. How Go about we it. both do it for fun? A fun. Just for the listeners' sakes, because I've talked about it for like 20 minutes. All right. So, how about we both do this whole boundary thing? Right. With both our parents. Mm-hmm. And just see if we can, like, implement it. See if there's anything where we're particularly, like, bending on our values. So how this... Just to see how we explore it. And it's about, like... I think what you're saying is you have never... You have never wanted your kid to be around your mum when she's drunk. And you have tried everything possible to do that. Mm-hmm. Whether I've she's... also used it as a weapon against my mum. Well, not a weapon. Weapon's probably the wrong word. I've used it as an incentive for her to get sober. Plenty of times. And it didn't work. Yeah. But again, that's about... You're making it something about her. So, of course, it's not going to work. Because... No, no. And I'm aware of that now. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying what I've done in the past. So, this this is trying to say, like, all you can do is control yourself and your boundaries and what works for you Mm -hmm. so if you can distill it to really basic really simple what are my priorities what am i not willing to bend on what am i it's just a useful tool because sometimes when you're in the midst of it like we said before like when you were 15 you had no clear way out you had no clear boundaries you had no clear so if you could draw those lines for yourself Mm -hmm. it might be helpful so basically this is what boundaries of what I've always tried to... But you just said that you what he does to do as an experiment. If us yeah. two did this... Um, because I have boundaries. Fort storming. So if me and you do... When... <laughs> if me and you do fort storming yeah. on a piece of paper, fort storming about these what questions. exactly? These, these... The boundaries Hang on, where that you highlighted earlier. Thoughts, yeah, thought storming about the, what's my most important values, what's the most important priorities, what's non-negotiable, what's a little okay. bit negotiable. So I just want to make clear yeah. though that before that we before we do that, is this to do with an addict or an alcoholic or? Um, yeah, why not? Or like, let's just say I'll do it about, say, for example, my parents. Okay. I'll do it because that's like, I could do that. Or about, yeah, let's say I'll do it by my parents. Okay. And you could do it about your parents. Both of them. Okay. Why not? No, that's fine. Just And we'll have an experiment to see if it helps. And we'll revisit. Because there is 100% boundaries in everyday life. This doesn't just have to be about an alcoholic. I mean, this is what this podcast is about. It could be you about... could have like a neurotic hey, parent. Hey, you could do it about, or... your, um, about your situation at the moment with the old... Uh... Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you could do it in, in any situation, but it's supposed to be about dealing with yeah, someone Yeah, who... so, so it, whether it's an addict or a control freak or yeah. a neurotic parent yeah, or yeah, yeah. a passive-aggressive parent. Yeah. Or, yeah, so specifically yeah. tying okay. into what we talked so, about, about psychological... So we're going to do this as, yeah. a, as an experiment, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. So we okay. Because s- we said about um, 
the boundaries being verbal, psychological, emotional, and yeah. physical. Yeah. So any of those circumstances where you feel like your boundaries are being quashed, where you feel like you're not, you're just saying yes instead of saying what it is that you really want. Yeah. You draw those boundaries so that if that's your employer, if that's your partner, if that's your dad, mum, uncle, auntie, child, whatever, can you draw those boundaries a little bit more clearly for yourself? Okay, so what would be quite interesting is obviously me and Ellie are going to do this. So if you're listening and you want to take part, then you do it. And then you can contact us on our social media, which we'll mm-hmm. mention again at the hey, end maybe of the podcast. We'll, maybe we'll post these questions. Yeah, we could do on the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you can have a look, so it reminds you of what to do. Yeah, and show us how you brainstorm. Show us how Linda oh, is out there off, brainstorming. Oh fuck off, Linda. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just an interesting. I think it's one of those things that you say. If mm. I would have written it down, would it? But the thing is, is sometimes things can sound so simple. Like we've learned from our various therapies. Yeah, Sometimes it can sound so simple, but I, when you do it, it helps. But obviously I'm thinking back to like being, you know, <laughs> over half of my life away. It's a if long time. you would time. have had these boundaries in place, you never well, know. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's wrap that the shit up because yes. we've talked about that for ages. Um and I had like 25 more, but yeah, something, you'll find something among that, I'm sure. That'll work with. But yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. That we made sense of it towards the end. Yeah, hopefully. Cool. So Lisa, what are you talking about today? Well, <clears throat> well, this episode has mainly been led by Bobby. Ellie. Janet. No, not fuck. Janet. Is it? No. Linda. Linda. Anyway. It's mainly been led by Ellie this episode. Linda. Linda. Uh, Linda from HR, who's a twat. Um, so I That's only... a harsh boundary for me, by the way. I don't care. Fuck off, Linda. <laughs> Fuck off. Go and, com- go and complain to someone who gives a shit. Um, so, I, yeah, basically, I only have a small part, I would guess, in this episode. Um, but I would like to mention my mum, who is obviously now sober. If you've been listening, she she is sober, and she's been sober for nearly a year, which is a triumph, a massive, massive fucking triumph. And I would like to congratulate Julie because she does listen to the podcast, which is wow. again amazing. Um, I think if my mum listens to it, to it she, and she loves it, and um, no shit. Um, my mum also works at the rehab, um, that she credits with getting her sober. That's amazing. Um, she works there now and she's actually got a lot of the people that she works with to listen to our podcast, which again is incredible because it it must be quite difficult for our mum to listen to this. Yeah. Because she's going to be mentioned clearly. Uh, there's going to be some stuff that's going to be quite uncomfortable for her to listen to. Yeah. But she also thinks that it's necessary for people who are involved with an alcoholic or an addict, whether it's a family member or your partner or whatever, and she thinks that, you know, she agrees with with the reason why we started the podcast. Um, yeah. That people need to be more informed. She's amazing. She's doing so amazing. Yeah, she's doing, she, she's, she's doing fantastic. It. She is. She's smashing it. She's set those boundaries. She's smashing life. Yeah, Linda fucking hates her. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, she she's passed on like quite a few things to me that um, uh, up and about on the walls in the rehab that she works in, and there is one poem that she um, took down from one of the walls and passed me a copy of um, that I thought was quite relevant because it's not it's not exactly relevant to an addict or somebody who's related to an addict or who cares for an addict. It's it's so many levels. It could be anybody. Um, and I've searched and searched for the author of the poem and I can't find it online. It's and Linda. <laughs> fuck off, Linda. <laughs> There's been many a forum, uh, Fred, written about this poem and nobody knows where it comes from mm. or, or who wrote it or anything, but it's quite... Um, it's quite well known within like AA and and whatnot, um, but yeah, I'd quite like to read it because I think it's relevant. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That'd be so it's called Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. <clears throat> Author unknown, unless it's Linda, Linda. from HR. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it goes like this: There are two days in every week about which we should not worry. Two days which should be kept free of fear and apprehension. One of these days is yesterday, with its mistakes and cares, its faults and blunders, its aches and pains. Yesterday is past forever beyond our control. All the money in the world cannot bring back yesterday. We cannot undo a single act we performed. We cannot erase a single word we said. Yesterday is gone. The other day we should not worry about is tomorrow. With its possible adversities, its burdens... It's larger promise. Tomorrow is also beyond our immediate control. Tomorrow the sun will rise, either in splendour or behind a mask of clouds, but it will rise. Until it does, we have no stake in tomorrow, for it is yet unborn. This leaves only one day. Today. Any man can fight the battles of just one day. It is only when you and I add the burdens of those two awful entities, yesterday and tomorrow, that we break down. It is not the experience of today that drives men mad. It is remorse or bitterness for something which happened yesterday and the dread of what tomorrow may bring. Let us, therefore, live but one day at a time. So... It, I think that this is like on so many levels. Whether you're an addict, I think it's apt if you're an addict, because it's saying <clears throat> you can't like you you can't take away anything from yesterday. Mm. You also can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. You can only live for today. So what you do today matters. Nothing else. Mm. So I think in a sobriety in in a sobriety sense of things. That's the best way to be. Yeah. Not think, right, so I've, I've gone 47 days of being sober. Yeah. I'm going to do 40 so many more. You don't need to think that far ahead or that far behind of what you've done. It needs to be what you do in the now, in that day. Yeah. But I also think in terms of whether you're not an addict if if you're not an addict or you live with somebody who is an addict or, or whatever it's still relevant like really relevant it's relevant to everyone I think yeah 
Yeah. But what's really strange, though, is that no one knows where that actually comes from. Yeah. Like, I've spent weeks trying to... I'm like, someone must know. Yeah. There has to be something somewhere. Yeah. And there's nothing. I think it's God, please. No, my... With that, like, I think, obviously, it's um, apparent to addicts because don't think about yesterday, don't think about tomorrow, deal with today. And I think that's a key thing with addicts because for a long time, my mum was like, couldn't deal with the fact that she could never drink ever again in her life, ever that was a massive thing. Like the it's whole like, big picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the rest of my life, I can never, ever do this thing again. And it's like, no, deal with it one day at a time. Regardless of... Although it's fantastic how far she's come, it's it's more about that one day when you wake up. That day and getting through that day and, and whatnot. Yeah. But I also think that getting through that day is applicable to people who are affected by addicts yeah, yeah, yeah. in general Definitely. as well. Yeah. To know that what happened yesterday isn't necessarily the most important thing. And what, what you think might happen in the future is not apparent. You need to deal with what's going to happen today and getting on with today. And that, that poem, like, massively touched me. Like, not in... Because I was reading it thinking, obviously, clearly of, of my mum and what she might get from that poem, but also what I got from that poem. And I need to realise that I cannot live every day thinking about what's happened in the past and what she's done. Mm. And not constantly thinking about well this might happen in the future and she might do this and blah, blah, and how's that going to affect me yeah. I just need to get through each day like one step at a time yeah um, so yeah I just think it's quite a beautiful poem yeah I'm a bit gutted though that I can't find out who it's by <laughs> well maybe they're listening but it seems to be that nobody knows who that poem's by if it's you out there and you're listening <laughs> It better not be fucking Linda from HR because I'd be really annoyed. I didn't want to say nothing, no nothing, (laughs) but it's definitely me. Um, Thank you so much for listening today. We've had a blast. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Unscrewed Podcast. Or at Twitter at Unscrewed Pod. Or email us. Email us any of your thoughts about today's podcast, about any of the podcasts. Share us your story. Anything you want to let us know about about boundaries. How the fuck do we set boundaries? You let us know at podcastunscrewed at gmail.com. We also have a website, bottleground.co.uk, and there's a questionnaire on there. If you'd like to go on there and fill out the questionnaire, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Unfortunately, we have no contact details for Linda from HR. Um, Hopefully... With the next episode, we, we may do. Maybe I've set a hard boundary for myself not to put my personal stuff. She may well answer your direct questions. Um, probably not. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. I think we've all known a Linda in HR at some point. You know, that woman who's like... A bitch. But Lisa, do you really, really like your job? Are you sure you were sick on Wednesday?